You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the roadblock looks rough ahead. And you're miles and miles away from your nice warm bed. You just remember what you old pal said. Boy, you've got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. Thanks, Simon. <laughs> I know That's it's a first for sure. I know it's <laughs> tough, but uh, so we want to let everybody know we were listening to what Toy Story, Randy. Uh, yeah, that's what we were saying. You got a friend in me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Simon. Man, thank you. Thanks for uh, for being Thanks on for the show. Me. Yeah, no, just get comfortable, man. Totally, yep. get, totally get comfortable, relax a little bit. We're gonna have a great conversation today. We're gonna talk about windows and doors and a little bit more as well, too. No. Correct. Yep. Uh, how long you been doing this, man? So I've been doing this uh, for 23 years. 23. Myself, yeah. How young are you? I am 43. Oh, so you're younger than me, yeah. man. Holy. You know, it's the gray hair with, that comes with windows and doors. I, I don't know. Maybe I should <laughs> just put a, a sign on the door there. Nobody younger than me anymore. That's <laughs> it. No, we're on construction. It's all good. Simon, how do you pronounce your last name? Posneris. Posneris. Okay. Right. And it's Canadian Choice Windows and Doors, Vice President. Correct. Uh, then the website is www.windowscanada.com. And your email is simon at windowscanada.com. And then to get on social media is Canadian underscore choice. Correct. That's right. And here we are. We're going to talk a lot about windows and doors right now. Okay. Uh, I want to do a quick shout out to Clint. I'm wearing his T-shirt. It's uh, FS. Yeah, FS Flint. FS Fieldstone. Without me looking at the shirt, <laughs> it's in black too as well. So that's a quick shout out. Uh, I also. Where do you want to begin this, man? Like, um, whatever. It's up to you. We can talk about Canadian Choice. Why did you guys, or, or, or why did you choose windows and doors? Just purely by accident, I used to work for a company doing some telemarketing uh, when I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. And just like a part-time job. Uh, if you remember those annoying guys that used to call you and yeah. offer you, you know, w w whatever home services there are. They still uh, do. Still do, exactly. Yeah, so some, less so now. Some guy in India about duck work or something Right, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So before it was basically <laughs> students, you know, like they used to do it from here. And uh, just basically stayed in that field. Uh, got some friends, connections, and et cetera, and uh, eventually de decided to uh, sort of go on my own, partner up with some uh, people, uh, went on my own, and, you know, 23 years later, here we are. What was the window and door business back then like? So it was very similar as to what it is right now, minus the whole internet and uh, kind of the world of internet and yeah. the digital side. But pretty much nothing has changed, for, for most at least. It was, you know, a lot of the... Uh, sort of the mom and pop shops and a lot of the a lot of the contractors kind of doing their own their own stuff pretty much uh getting in there you know uh buying a window somewhere buying the window somewhere installing it at uh, basically getting to going to homeowners installing in their house doing a renovation sort of you know the old mom and pop shop kind of thing so it was you and oh, okay so you're the vice president so is there a partner as well too or yeah, so I got a partner. It's actually my brother. Okay. So we own the business together. Okay. So, so Canadian Choice was around before that, and we just kind of bought it out and made it what it is today. Um, and yeah, so he he's my brother. So it's sort of like a family business. That What's we his together. name? His name is Norman. Norman. So what did right. you guys, when you guys were talking about taking this over and starting it and doing it your way, what were you? What were the conversations like at that time? Well, back then there was about nothing, but you know we were twenty years old, right? Yeah. But well, uh, yeah, everybody was like <laughs> that. But um, you know it was kind of. 
But it's grown into something now. That's it's why. grown into something now. So yeah. so over the years, I mean, we've invested a lot of money, we invested a lot of resources, time, and et cetera, learned along the way. Um, you know, now we're actually, we're national. We're right across Canada. So from Vancouver to Vancouver to Ottawa, we're in every major city in Canada. Okay, we have, you know, over 300 employees. Wow. Uh, we have our own manufacturer. Uh, manufactured here in Canada? Yeah, we manufacture right here in Ontario in, in, in Woodbridge. Okay. So, and... Um, you know, our own installation teams and et cetera. And we've expanded into other businesses as well, like home services, for example. So, you know, we were kind of, at the end of the day, it's all about systems. So we've developed some systems that we were successful with. And now we're putting them into uh, uh, other home services, for example, like HVAC and, um, you know, insulation and uh, potentially basically everybody that uh, energy services that homeowners would need. So, yeah, you're contributing to the building envelope. Right. You're working on the, the house and exactly. then people come along and, they, and they're asking questions and then you guys are offering solutions. Absolutely, right? right. So it's not only about, you know, it's not only about us changing, coming in and changing the windows. That's not the important part. The important part is to making sure that people are comfortable in their homes, to make sure, making sure that, you know, they can afford it. Um, and this is like our, we have a financing arm that gets into this and helps homeowners out with that. And uh, basically that the whole building envelope is proper. So I know I, I want to get into the history of the, of the products, right? Mm-hmm. So you guys are designing it in a certain way. Right. And did you guys look at the market and realize that there could have been better mousetraps for lack of a better term? You know what I mean? Um, the, the most important thing and not to kind of not to uh, sort of under, you know, Forget the word I'm looking for. Not what? to un- underwhelm, sort of. Okay. Not to kind of underestimate what we do, but a window, in the end of the day, a window is made up of, you know, two parts, right? For example, it's made out of glass, it's made out of vinyl. Yep. Or any other material that will hold it up. So, you know, the most important thing is you, you have to use good components. You have to make a window that's going to last, you know, 25-year warranty, um, something that's going to be energy efficient, and a lot of the windows today that are made today by bigger manufacturers, they do have that. But it's it's only about, you know, for the success rate of anything, it's only about 10%. The rest is uh, kind of everything else behind it. Customer service, you know, installations, um, assessments, you know, choosing the right product for the right climate, for the right side of the house even, you can even push it to that. So in the last 20 years, I can definitely say that, I guess, in the mid to late 90s, it was pretty generic. What was it, like five colors you were going with? You were going right. white, sandalwood, or whatever. Like it was, And people weren't getting into the darker tones either right. because it was concerns about darker tones, right? Correct. Now everybody is just strictly going darker tones. And, right. So now it's actually even easier because there's only two colors there now. What are the it, two colors that are pushing It's just black and iron ore are the two colors that everybody's kind of going towards. So there's really nothing else that's that anybody buys. Well, really? there's the traditional white. Yeah. Right? And then the rest is uh, pretty much black or iron ore. So and why are they choosing those two colors over what? I guess it's the trends, right? The modern trends. Like even if you look at your office here, right? The inside is all black. Like the window frames and the inside are black. Yeah. It's, it's the new trends that's in magazines that I guess it, you know, designers are... Liking that stands out more. What were the hurdles for you guys when you guys were having to deal with the darker tones? Um, 
so the early, well, not even the early, but still to this day, some some paints are not set for that. They're not set to to withhold uh, the sun exposure, the weather exposure. Is there any risk in the winter exposure? It's it's not. It's mainly the summer exposure okay, because what happens is the colors do fade. All right. Right. And also another thing about that is the colors uh, are, are very. Um, the paint becomes very shiny. And you don't want to see a shiny finish on your windows. It so you guys are, it's good. painted matte to begin with. Right. So now that's what we do. Well, not to, to begin with, vinyl itself is very shiny. It's a shiny material. So okay. you can't really make it matte. You have to, whenever you apply paint, that paint becomes shiny. So most manufacturers today don't even have a matte, matte paint because of that process. What is it, more like a satin or something like that? So, well, right now what we do is we do like a satin or a, a sanded finish. So we put some sand in the paint. Okay. And that's how we finish it. So it looks a little bit rougher, right? But, but it's not the natural look for vinyl. So when you, uh, the natural look of painting a vinyl would be a sh- a sh- like a very high gloss shin. So you're saying basically three colors right now. Pretty much. But in the next 10, 20 years, what are you still uh, keeping that same kind of tone? Well, probably it's going to go back. You know, history repeats itself. Yeah, that's so what I figured. Is they they kind of go back. Going back that way. But right. you're, you're right. I mean, even me, when I walk around my neighborhood, I'm seeing a lot of people, it doesn't matter what the brick tone is, right. they're choosing black. They're yeah. choosing darker tones, right? And some people are just doing it just because they saw black somewhere. But like, let's say, you know, some homes, the black doesn't even look good, but they still put it just because it's the new trend. What's the trend nowadays? Are they going black out, black in, or are they black out, white in? So it depends. I mean, if if it's a non-designer house, and people are not risk takers per se, right? So it's kind of like white in, black out. But the ones that are actually seeing, you know, the whole process through, because if you do the windows black in, you have to match the whole house, the rest of it. Of course, right? Then that, that means you can't paint your trim white. It's gonna, it's not gonna look good. Um, you know, your jams are going to have to be repainted in some different You can colors. always do a wood finish jam on the interior, and the wood will look good with the black. Sure, sometimes. But a lot of people are doing modern, right? So they don't want to do a wood finish, or they don't want to spend the money on... Because uh, to do a proper wood wood finish on the inside, you'd have to do oak or whatever, something like, like a high-end wood, right? And most people are opting out for um, either a vinyl finish, vinyl trim. That's what we do as well. Okay. So it's, like a, it's sort of like a Lego very you know it's, it's pretty uh so there's a lot of customizing yeah, going on like you can exactly. you order a unit and then you can based on what the exterior is like and what you want to do for a jam extension or what have you sure. or what the interior is going to be like you have all these options attached to that exactly and then the clients could always just choose they can just things. choose from one and the other or finish the inside themselves for example um which some people do decide right like if you want a poplar six inch jam i mean uh casing on the inside of the house sure you know we will even do it for you like we have carpenters in house that will do it for them um but it's not sort of it's not it wouldn't be the no considered the norm sort of thing all right so simon so walk me through your manufacturing process i mean because you guys have set up shop here and i guess my question to you is why keep the manufacturing here why not outsource it elsewhere right i'm assuming you tell me is glass still coming from the states the glass, well, you know, Canada doesn't have a glass manufacturer at all. We did at some point. It's 12 years ago, I think yeah, they left. Or right, something. and yeah. I don't know what happened, but it just went missing. It's just but not enough volume. Yeah. it's that, That's it. Because but you, so you guys are getting the glass from down south then? Right. So so the glass is, is coming from the States, yeah. it's uh, we, we, either use, um, we either use cardinal glass yep. or guardian glass. And uh, for some instances, we use Saint-Gobain, which is French. Okay. 
right? So, but most most of the glass here yeah, comes from down south. Uh, anyway, it's just I don't know. Canada is not. Uh, I guess you need a huge market, and between U.S. is the one that has all the uh, queries and stuff to get sand and make the glass and etc. So just easier easier there. Um, and during COVID, it was actually very um, prevalent that Canada got kind of a little bit screwed because the U.S. manufacturers said, you know what, sorry, guys, you're not getting glass, we're getting it first. And that's how we saw four to six weeks turn into 16 to 20 weeks. Exactly, at least, right? Wait, so are we, we were back on about, track now? Yeah, right now we're back on track. Okay. Yeah, so we were actually at about, to tell you the truth, about a nine months, eight to nine month uh, waiting wow. list. And it wasn't just because of the glass. It was also the demand that was really pent up. Yeah. And the demand for um, the de- demand for, for installation crew, for installers, yep. you know, and uh, all that kind of put together and, you know, constant closures of the manufacturer because somebody would get, especially the first year, somebody would get sick and then you'd have to close down the whole place for, you know, for a week until... It kind yeah. of got back to normal. So. Yeah, like right now, the window and door guys that are listening, they're like, yeah, we went through all yeah, that for two years, right? It right, was just, absolutely. It was absolutely insane that the, the right. lead times, to tell clients this, that this is your lead yeah. time when we're so used to it. Especially at them. the beginning, right? Then after a while, like everybody kind of got used to it. But at the beginning, that that, that was what, you know, if you, you're in somebody's house and you tell them here, I'm going to do your windows. See but, you next uh, year. See you next year, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound... Uh, <laughs> Which is something you probably didn't think that you would say ever in this industry, right? right? right. And the worst thing was that, you know, nobody knew that this was going to happen. So, for example, if it was like September and somebody's building a house and they're like, okay, well, we need windows for November. And then you're just getting them in September of next year. And that was so, a challenge because you had to deal right. with framers that had to have exactly. everything exactly. Because you guys, I guess, at that point, you're manufacturing on spec, on, on drawings, right, right. not on site. Sometimes we do it on site. I mean, I'd prefer to do it on site. So when I, when I speak to builders, um, I, tell them, I tell them all, you know what, I'd rather just do it on site after you finish with your plans. Yeah, but during that, those yeah, years, during that time, that was, was insane because now you'd have to keep a house a certain condition right. for so long. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my neighbor that he, he got, I'm not sure where he got the windows from, but um, he was building a house right in the back of me. And he had an, three holes in his house for about two years. Two years? Yeah. Could have closed the house. The house was all finished inside, you know, drywall and everything, right? <laughs> but it was and just... he's still uh, waiting for his windows. Yeah. Wow. For three of them. I guess something got screwed up on the way, but three of them were... <laughs> so all right. So, so Simon, I, I, uh, I mean, divulge how much as you want to divulge yeah. regarding the manufacturing side of things, right? Like right. the process and everything like that. So the, the process we have is actually we... we uh, um, so, so we have... It's sort of a different business than what we do on the retail side. So you could say Canadian Choice. We have two different kind of uh, two different avenues. Okay. So Canadian Choice per se, uh, we do we're concentrated on consumer consumer direct. Okay. So we do um, everything from manufacturing to installations to service to you know financing and etc. And then our manufacturing side, which is Draft Lock Windows, um, that's our brand. Yeah. Okay, so, and uh, this is where we actually deal with uh, some of the contract, some of contractors, um, builders, mostly custom home builders, usually, right? Um, renovators, and, uh, you know, you can buy them in different, uh, we deal with the states. Uh, you can buy them in different department stores, like hardware stores kind of thing. What's the difference so, between the two brands? 
so the, the we use so the Canadian Choice is our sort of the retail arm. Okay. Right. So we sell our own product through the Canadian Choice brand. But the draft lock, you guys are like. That's a style of, of, of windows, a, right? A draft lock is a window brand, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. So right. what's the difference between that and, and just another Canadian? Oh, ju- well, w- so so we enhance it, right? So our draft lock brands, uh, our draft lock windows, we have uh, enhanced uh, security hardware. Um, the glass and spacers that we use are different. So we have actually a four and a half inch frame versus sort of the industry standard and, and the regular builder stuff. Um, they, you know, they all go with a three and a quarter inch frame. Okay. And we have a four and a half inch frame. We have foam filled frames. Um, we have the, the vinyl that we use is, is, uh, um, not recycled vinyl, right? So it's, it's actually the color of it is very white. Okay. Compared to others. If you see some windows are there and they're not. Well, right now you you start seeing it less so because it's new vinyl is like sort of like the new the new way of like it's 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 not made from from recycled pellets. Okay, it's made from um basically it's made from whatever like new vinyl that from powder from scratch. Is it is it true that that white from recycled pellets um, leaves like a slight blue yeah. hue to it? Right. So it doesn't, and it kind of looks weird when sun, I guess, hits it. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that's and it's also it's also some additives that they have in there, but right now it's less kind of it's less visible. So a lot of the manufacturers are getting away with it because people are painting their windows. So you're covering. It so up. you're not really seeing it. Okay. But the reality is the the vinyl is weaker, um, the walls are thinner, and it, by the end of the day, if you cover it, you're just kind of like covering up the. Uh, Sort of covering up whatever you know your your mistakes sort of thing. I get it. I get it. So I still I still want to go through the manufacturing yeah. of it. Yeah. So the manufacturing is uh, we, we we get our our all our profiles our vinyl profiles. The way it works is basically we have a certain um, sort of our own line, which is the draft lock windows. They're and like like I said, right with the uh, uh, it, it's our own profile, so nobody can get that same profile. Okay. It's it's sort of like a patented to us. Not okay. a patent per se, but it's a die that we hold with a vinyl uh, extruder, which is the biggest in Canada. It's like vision profiles. Everybody knows who they are. Okay. Um, and they make it specially custom for us, so they hold all our molds. And we um, we get it from them. And uh, we basically we have three lines in our shop that do different kinds of windows. And we uh, basically the automated lines. So we do everything from cutting, uh, fusion welding, corner cleaning, um, you know, then putting the glass in. Like I said, we get the glass from United States. Uh, depends on the manufacturer. There's some, you know, there's some glass suppliers here, but they're just suppliers. So they're getting it from the same place. They're getting so. it from the, yeah, they're just putting it together. Okay. Right. So for example, we use Cardinal glass. Um, so you can buy Cardinal glass in two different ways. You can buy Cardinal glass just the sheets, sort of, and put it together here. That's what a lot of manufacturers do, uh, glass manufacturers, I mean. Mm-hmm. Or you can just get the sealed units directly from Cardinal Glass. And okay. that's pretty exclusive. Uh, we do have that. We, we, we do use that with them. And again, you know, during COVID, it kind of... It's, it just added time. Yeah, it just added time, but it did, it did have really more problems than anybody else. 
So I think now Canada is kind of, well, we're transitioning sort of of not using them, even though it is it is a good product to have, but um, we're trying to do more kind of our own and keep it at home, keep it in Canada. And so we're less dependent on whatever happens there, right? So when you guys were sitting down and designing and coming up with the draft lock system, mm-hmm. you guys were making it a certain way for what reasons? So, so there's two. So there's a, so we use a four and a half inch system, yeah, which is pretty rare because, um, well, first of all, there's more vinyl on it. And what happens is it, it actually saves on the building envelope. So, you know, by, by I guess, building code or uh, yeah, CSA code, your glass has to sit inside the building envelope. Yeah. Right? Now, what happens is when you put a three and a quarter inch window, right, it sits a little bit on the outside. Yeah, it's outside now. Right? So what we do is we have a sash that's four and a half, a frame that's four and a half, and the glass sits recessed inside. So actually, when you install it, you don't have to add additional brick mold. You could if you wanted to, but you, you don't have to add additional brick mold. Your glass will always sit on the inside, which gives it uh, protection, you know, obviously, to, you, you know, you're saving the building envelope, right? Yeah. That, this way we can get uh, better, we can get better ratings on it as well, <clears throat> right? Um, you know, there's ER rating, U value, and et cetera. A lot of it depends on glass, but a lot of it depends on where the window will actually sit. And plus the look of it, now we're able to make it slimmer. So a lot of the thing with vinyl windows was that a lot of people weren't crazy about, you know, the thick frames. Yeah. That they were, come getting, along with they were getting too heavy. Yeah. Right. So what we did is because we can do a four and a half inch, four and a half inch depth yeah. um, on the actual frame, we can now decrease the size of the actual sash. And when I say sash, I mean the actual window yeah. frame itself. Right. Okay. And th- and it allows enough room for hardware. It allows enough room for and and more glass, right? So, and that's what's kind of one of the uh, reasons why we decide we designed that window. So we have the same window available in a sort of a similar window available in a regular three and a quarter, but this four and a half is what we suggest to all our consumers, especially like uh, um, you know retail consumers. It's the number one. It, it's it's a huge huge savings that people don't realize when they go for a regular three three and a half. So I remember mm-hmm. like 25, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. I guess the majority here in Canada was mostly casement windows, what right. everybody was going yeah, with, right? Unless you had a specific kind of home in a Toronto area or an older area, right. you'd have a double hung kind of situation. But then a lot of people, because of building envelope and energy efficiency, double hungs were not the best option. So that's why they started going with casement. But then casement had its drawbacks as well too, right? What are you guys seeing today? What are clients asking for these days? Um, casements, I think. Casements and fixed ca- and fixed. Yeah, it is the number one thing, right? People are asking for for uh, larger windows. Yeah, you can't make windows big enough for people these days. Right, exactly. So a but lot still of still a house that has to hold sure, together. Of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, you can't just do. And for example, like a casement window, you cannot do more than thirty six inches wide, for example. And that's what's already, the maximum height on that? So if I'm doing a thirty six inch, I think set like sixty eight would be the maximum height. Okay. Which is still decent. That's big. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of people want, like, you know, they have that window that they're looking at. They want it open. They want the whole thing um, sort of. But there, there's solutions for that as well. So we do, like, awning windows, which is kind of a horizontal version of a casement window. Yeah. Right? When it goes up, sort of. Yeah. Uh, like, rolls up like an awning. So how much bigger can you make those ones versus so, a so casement? So those ones you can just make a lot wider. You can do, We can do them, like, 60 by 60. 
Okay, that's a right? good size. Yeah, so they can be, it's just the width that needs to be accommodated, right? And uh, we also have, that's very unique in Canada, we have a Euroline, uh, uh, Euroline line. Okay. Euroline line, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's a tilt and turn window. Yeah, because that's what a lot of people are asking for these days. Right, right yeah. So it, it's kept, like the technology came out from Germany. There's only, uh, I believe in Canada, there's three companies that actually manufacture them. Mm-hmm. It's just us. There's one in, in Winnipeg and uh, one in Vancouver. Well, at least on a large scale. There's some smaller ones that, that do it here as well. But yep. uh, on a large scale, we're the only, you know, one of the only ones that manufacture it. And that allows, so that window, you can actually make the size of pretty much any door and open it. The only drawback with that is most of the time, the house has to accommodate. So because it opens to the inside of the house, yeah, it interferes with the blinds and people get upset, get upset because, you know, they, they're going to have to lose their blinds and they're going to have to get something else and et cetera. But w- we do find that actually, funny enough, we did a poll yesterday of how many people do change their blinds after getting windows and it's like 70 percent they change their blinds yeah after getting new windows just because the blinds don't fit the old or the or they just don't look yeah. good anymore right and stuff like that are you a contractor looking for a reliable partner in home improvements look no further than canadian choice home improvements canadian choice has been the go-to choice for contractors across canada for over 30 years with their commitment to quality and customer satisfaction they're the perfect match for your contracting business Whether it's windows, doors, HVAC, or insulation, Canadian Choice has a wide range of top-notch products that will impress your clients. Their expert team will guide you through their selection process and ensure you find the perfect fit for every project. And that's not all. Canadian Choice offers competitive pricing and flexible payment options, making it easier for you to manage your projects without breaking the bank. So if you're a contractor looking for a trusted home improvement partner, contact Canadian Choice Home Improvements today. Visit their website at mycanadianchoice.com, Canadian Choice Home Improvements, where quality and craftsmanship meet contractor satisfaction. Uh, let me do a little bit of history yeah. in construction. You ready for this? Sure. This is stuff that I pretend that I know, but I don't. Yeah. And then I ask if you know. Right. Uh, in England, glass became common in windows of ordinary homes only in around what century? Good question. Probably like 17th. 17th. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know what? You're saying 14th, 17th century. So whereabouts windows made up of panes of flattened animal horn were used as early as 14th century. So modern style floor to to ceiling windows became possible only after the industrial plate glass making process was perfected. Uh, What was the original purpose of windows in homes? Oh, nobody told me. I'm guessing to keep out. Well, <laughs> no, it's something. Yeah, probably something to do with light or sun. Yeah, it was. It right? was basically in the first homes, windows were more than a decorative way to light, light the room. Originally, mm-hmm. there was no glass, simply a crude opening de- uh, designed to let fresh air. Okay. It was just to let air inside the house. That's all, because you were always cooking inside. Right. True. Right. So, uh, um, and then uh, did me- medieval homes have windows? Not that I remember from history books, but Home, houses <laughs> in the Middle Ages did not did have windows. But for most of people, uh, for for most people, these windows were simply a small opening to let some light in. As you know, when you travel, mm-hmm. you're going to you see these tiny windows. Wooden shutters were used to block the wind. Uh, windows in these houses were typically quite small. Often, they were simply holes in the wall. Uh, did Vikings have glass windows? That's the last one. 
the beads. No the idea. Beads small, a little window <laughs> glass was used in where uh, either left pain, a plain or decorative. Different weather, wealthier homes uh, had them, but it was very rare. And apart colors were uh, with extra glass applied to the surface and new from a small object such as plain pieces that formed blobs and trials. So they basically just made them as decorative light oh. openings. That's what the Vikings did. So a little bit of history and construction there. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, weather. Obviously, we're in Canada. Mm-hmm. We have a harsh right. two seasons, and then we have a mild two seasons. Yeah, true. So we always have to consider build and any products and right. manufacturing and have to factor in our harsh winters and our harsh summers, right? S- yeah. So with windows, it's actually it's, 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 it's a funny thing because we actually... We actually have more than four climates here. Explain. What do you mean? For example, in so because we're all across the country, so we actually learned this the hard way. Oh, okay. So, for example, in Vancouver, you don't want to over-insulate your windows, right? Because you're never going to get that minus 40 or minus you'll whatever. You'll never see it. Right? But you all, you'll always have high humidity. Yes. So if you over insulate, your humidity is going to stay inside the house even more. Right? Interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's like little things like that, right? That kind of uh, come up with the different climates that we have. But but generally for, you know, the colder weather, I, I suggest to everybody whoever is getting windows is to go for triple glass. That's probably the number one the number one thing that uh, we c- you know, that you can help yourself in terms of getting a good product. Is it the same benefit on the flip side with the heat? It is. It's both. It's it's okay. just much better. It's noise reduction, heat, cold retention of, uh, you know, you can put any kind of you, you can put different coating on the glass. So the coating, the low emissivity glass, like low E glass. Okay. Um, but it doesn't matter which one you put. If you have triple glass, it's it's just it's the benefits are. I'm, I mean, they're just there. There's no question about it. You should definitely. That should be part, probably my opinion. That should be part of the building code. Okay. Right, just because um, there's I lots get, of things that should be part of the building. Code. Yeah, right, and they're, they're they're that's true. Yeah, but that is that. I mean, that's comfort. It's uh, reduction of humidity inside the home. It's reduction of condensation inside the home. Because a lot of our homes, uh, what we don't understand is sometimes you get like uh, you know you, you've probably noticed your windows fog up a lot. Well, most people do. I, yeah. I've noticed a friend of mine who ended up buying some cheap windows, and then yeah. within a few years, they all fogged up, and then he had to do it again. So, Well, so so here's where the trick comes in with that, actually. So if they fog up in between the glass, it's they're not good, right? Yeah. But what happens is if you put in, the better you seal your windows, the more they will fog up on the inside of the home. So the better windows you're going to have, the more problem you're going to have with condensation, pretty much. Okay, That's but is isn't condensation and humidity? You can you can control some humidity. In you your can house, try. Right? You yeah. can try. But a lot of things, for example, if you don't, I mean, older homes especially, right? Or they have smaller rooms. Yeah. So if you have a smaller room, you have less airflow. Um, older homes don't have a vent underneath a window. Right. So you can't blame a window for. You no. Know, right. Um, there is. Uh, for example, attic fans. So there's a lot of things to know, and we, we suggest actually to every one of our customers when we get it, we give them a list as to what they can do to reduce condensation. Because a lot of people, when they have new windows, I mean, when they have old windows, they don't see it because pretty much the, the air escapes. Yeah, they're leaking. They're leaking, yeah. right? 
when they get brand new windows, all of a sudden their house is like you can't see out the window because now theirs has nowhere to escape. Especially yeah, they need if you to adjust the house. Right, but yeah. a lot of homes don't have proper ventilation and a lot of homes don't have proper, um, you know, especially like the older homes, right? Or sort of like the cookie cutter homes from, you know, some bu builders are better than others, but there were some builders that didn't install like, I, I think, what is the HRV system? Uh, that only started yeah. about 10 years ago or 15 oh, I years I think ago. a little bit more than that. It was probably about maybe 15. Maybe 15, so right? So ago, anything yeah. before that that doesn't have an HRV system doesn't have proper ventilation. Yeah. Right? And then if you, you, know, if you change your windows in, in those homes, that's what you're most likely going to get if it's installed properly. What's the number one reason why clients are wanting to change their windows? Is it because of failure of the existing windows? I think it's a lot of it is looks. Okay. Okay, ease of operation. Um, a lot of it is failure. Yeah, I'm sure there was there was a quite a few manufacturers in the '90s and 2000s that uh, a lot of the builder used builders used across across subdivisions, and they were just you know they're obviously bankrupted right now, um, but they were really not a good quality product, and it failed. A lot of the times. Were they so like products that were designed to just fail by a certain period of time? I don't know if it was on purpose. Okay. Right? But it was definitely, it's hard to say now, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't know the details. Um, but it, it did happen. I'm just so finding that a lot of products nowadays are not necessarily built to last right. as long as we remember them being when we were kids, right? That's true. Like, That's I, true. I talk about appliances all the time. I mean... Yeah. I'm sure that that green washer dryer set is still working somewhere. Absolutely. But it was replaced because of aesthetics right. and you renovate and you change exactly. and you upgrade. But the thing is now you got new units that need more maintenance and more care. Absolutely. Yeah. And they need, you know, and they go faster, right? Today, well, nobody fixes, for example, a TV. Nobody fixes a TV. They just buy a new, a new yeah. one. Yeah. Right. So the same goes for, you know, the same goes for everything. But um, yeah, but for, for Windows, I, I think the main thing is the, you know, two things, right? That's the mechanisms, um, like the hardware, yeah. to open and close. And a lot of people have concern about, you know, casement windows and et cetera, that, you know, you got the crank handle. Yeah. So that, and they break all the time, but they don't. It's just something that was done before and something that was uh, pretty much like from hardware that was brought over from overseas Yeah. and not uh, certified and not qualified. And that's why... Kind of a lot of a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot of gimmicks out there that say, "Oh, don't use casement windows," for example, because I don't know those handles break. Uh, I'll argue that. I mean, the thing is, it de it depends on who's manufacturing it, right? right? Exactly. And it's the quality of it. Obviously, right. there's good, better, worse, or whatever, right? So it sure. just doesn't matter. It's just it's really about the manufacturing, the quality of the product, uh, the quality of. The I don't product. think it's the style of the window. I think you can still get a good. Double hung, you can get a good awning, a good Absolutely. casement, you can get a good tilt, tilt and turn, whatever. They're all... You can. And then you have to make sure that it's installed properly as yeah. well. That it works, right? Because the installation is, is, is a big part. Are, are clients aware of, like, I, I know that I've had this conversation with roofers before where, mm -hmm. you know, one side of the house gets more mother nature than the other sides, right. right? So, like, why do I need to re-roof the whole house at that point? Are they thinking the front of the house needs to be replaced, all the windows and doors, but not the back of the house? But... At that point, you should actually be doing all the units. Sure, just to come, just to even have that, you know, the same the same quality everywhere. Yeah, right. It's just you can use different, for example, like low 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 E glass, which is low emissivity glass. If your house is facing the west 
or backing onto the west and your master bedroom is there, right? What you want to do is you want to put a darker tint on it so it reflects UV rays more. And at the front, you might not want to do that. But the, uh, the other part of it is that that low E glass that's a little bit darker is not as energy efficient as the one that's lighter. So it becomes kind so of like a, a balance. Yeah, point. there's a trade-off and there's a balance uh, to it. And it depends too because that glass, um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a government... I mean, if you've heard of the incentives that are out there right now for yeah, Windows I've, and doors, I've heard of them. I don't like them, but yeah. <laughs> so, so it actually gives room for whatever, and that's that's kind of the problem, right? So, I mean, you could, for example, everybody gets right now. If you put a window that is uh, uh, energy energy star approved and etc. Double glass, you get a hundred and seventy five dollars back. I think if you're an Enbridge customer, okay. If you have the proper, you know, I, I think they do it through Enbridge right now and. Um, if it's a proper, you know, they get an assessment in the house, they get in there, yeah. and Enbridge, uh, some kind of a program with the government, gives them back a rebate. But what happens is to qualify for the rebate, you can either go for the ER, which is, it's, it's, a, it's called an energy rating, okay, right? Or you can qualify through a U-value. So if you were going to ask me, I would say U-value is the proper way of measuring windows because you're measuring both heat loss and heat gain and your comfort level. Yep. Whereas ER is pretty much how much sun you're getting in the house. So Toronto it's actually, and even uh, you know places like Calgary, have 250 days of, the su of sun. Wow. Right? So that sun that's getting inside the house and that energy star-rated window is actually frying you and making your air conditioner run like crazy. And that right? it, it, it goes back to the whole point that your house, right? You have right. to pay attention to every element. It's not just a matter of installing the windows and doors and expecting magic the, the from whole, there, right? Absolutely, right. Yeah. Right. But, it's, uh, but you have to, and you have to kind of balance it out, right? So you have to balance out how are you going to do it and what's going to make you comfortable in the end of the day. Because on the, on like on the rating side and whatever it is, it's, it's, not, it's not meant for every house. Are a lot of clients, um, like I, I, I've had so many conversations where they're literally going from season to season, never opening up their units. Yeah. Why? I, I guess it's the tendencies today. Nobody likes fresh air anymore. <laughs> it's 2023. I you know? know, but as soon as it got warm, I cracked open everything. Right. That's I, I do the same. Everything. I, I actually crack my windows in the, in, the, in the winter all the time. Yeah. Right? Just you, to let it fresh you air. You want some fresh yeah. air. I mean, I don't have an HRV. And I'm right. glad I don't have an HRV. I don't agree with an HRV. But the thing is, like, it's nice to have fresh air circulating through your house. Your house is still a living, Absolutely. breathing thing. Absolutely. So you should have it. And that's how you get rid of condensation. But you guys are educating clients on that. Like, you're letting them know, like, don't seal from one season oh, to course. the next, right? Oh, we, well, let's, so, so, for example, after, after we do our work and et cetera, we sent out a whole package, right, saying that, here, guys, this is how you maintain your windows. Because there's no such thing as maintenance-free in, in your house. No. It doesn't exist. you got to maintain everything. Yeah. Right? I mean, you don't have to stand there and send them down or wash them or anything. But at least you have to make sure that you open them. You know, you can you, you put some lube on them. Make sure that, um, you know, they work properly. Right? Yeah. A. B, if you have condensation, you open up in a room. You open up the window. You let the, the condensation out. You close the window. Everything works well. Yeah. Right? And you don't want that extra, especially in the winter. So some people get shocked, actually. They get, so we, ha we have a whole dedicated like service department. And honestly, probably 
30% of the calls that they get during the winter is my windows are fogging up and they tell people, open your window. And people are like, no way. That's just an oxymoron kind of thing, right? And then they do it and they're like, oh yeah, right, that works. Because they're afraid right? to let some fresh air Exa- in, Exactly. Right? That's, exactly. All, that's all it is. And that's that's a huge like industry-wide uh, issue that, that it's, it's hard to explain to people this is the way it works. Because um, people are changing, like you said, are the windows for aesthetics or um, whatever other reasons, right? But they're not getting into the whole building envelope, sort of the proper way of the building envelope. Well, I think every homeowner should actually be understanding that. If right. not, take a course or go online and do some right. research on I mean, it. There's a, a lot of things you can read online for sure. right? Like it's Absolutely. Just like they only do it when, I guess, the furnace breaks down. Then they start inquiring about certain things. It's like like you said, like the windows start fogging up or something. Right. They, they only inquire about it then. Exactly. But they should be doing it beforehand. Before it needs maintenance. Everything needs maintenance. And and speaking to that, like, I mean, things would last a lot longer if people maintain them. Of course. Right. Speaking of which, like, what is the cycle of, I know you talked about with the draft locks that they're 25 year warranty, yeah. but obviously they can last longer than that. I've, I've, we've had windows. I'm sure they can last more than that. Yeah. Right. It's just, uh, it's, we find that, you know, actually we have clients that are coming back in 10 years because they don't like the color. So they're just they're just saying aesthetic. That's all. Yeah, aesthetic. I mean, they are they are now more energy efficient, right? The windows. I mean, the glass itself. Yeah. So you get like the triple glass, and you get a better spacer and etc. So a lot of some of the clients are coming back, and I mean, if you and saying here, I want a better window now, and uh, a lot of the actually back to the architectural styles, ten years ago, if you remember windows with grids, yeah, they were in every house. Yeah. Now, nobody does them anymore. Right now, like we, we practically don't see, we don't see many of those in, in terms of replacement. No, and before the, mar- was, the market doesn't want that. Right, exactly. It's all more like modern sleeker lines and et cetera, right? right. It's really interesting. I like to know what, I mean, it'd be nice to get into a DeLorean and just figure out like, what's it going to be like 20 years from now, right? Yeah, it would, it would be, it would be <laughs> I'm be guessing it's going to go back to what it was 20 years before, and just then in just, a modern way. Yeah, stop by the gambling center right. as well too. Uh, but no, I mean, like I, I'm just fascinated by where it came from and where it's going to go. Right. right. And then what people, I guess a lot of it has to do with the market. So you get a certain type of homeowner is designing a certain kind of way. Right. And that's why they're, they're kind of going that route. Could be that. But yeah. it also is like when you go with trimless interiors, no casing or anything like that, mm-hmm. it starts to, um, you know, I guess the installation, because I want to get into installation now, has to be more critical at that point. When, so when you do that, that's, that's just kind of more on your framework than anything else. Yeah. Because when we, so when we come in after, after framers, let's say, and we, we don't do much of the installation in new builds. It's usually the framers that do the installation. Yeah. Right. But let's say when we do, we come in after some framers and the homeowner has said, you know, I want, uh, I, I don't want, you know, I want trimless. Yeah, I don't want casing on it. I don't want casing on yeah. it. Right. And you come in, you're coming in, but the whole wall is crooked. So what do you do? <laughs> you can't really do that, right? They had nothing to do with the windows. I mean, we put them in square and plumb. Yeah. But if the drywall on it is, or the drywall attached to there's it, there's not much. Well, not there's a lot you can do, but it's not right. Really it's not applicable to you guys. Not to us. I mean, yeah. we can't really do much, right? We can't really fix it. So what I suggest is, in those cases, um, we don't put. So w- when the window comes uh, from the factory, let's say the framer installs it, what we suggest is we don't put a it's it's called um it's called a drywall extension okay so basically it's a little lip yeah 
that's inside and you slide the drywall in there. Yeah. So we actually suggest not to put that and just to butt the drywall right against the window because the window is always going to be straight. I mean, it can't come out not straight. Yeah. Right? So the rest is going to be on the drywaller or on, on whoever is going to do it. But you guys are usually having that conversation when they're putting the order in. And right. Or they, they're they changing their mind on the last minute? Sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. But if the design of the house on the interior is already going one way, then right. how can you all of a sudden change? Well, because then they get the cost of how much it's going to do to do trimless and they're uh, like of course and they're like whoa that's where i was going <laughs> Let's revert that, back, it's, right? it's actually more expensive and yeah. then also like you guys are still installing in a certain way so that's right. fine but then for them to do a jam extension or do a, a caseless uh, system mm -hmm. then it's more money yeah absolutely plus well, also that has to be that conversation has to be happen if it's new construction it has to happen at the frame yeah, stage, at the, at right? the new construction it does because then now the drywaller has to be aware of that the mother has to be aware of it everything has to be aware. and the of quotes that. that they're getting from the drywallers or whatever are different right yeah as well but i mean for 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 uh renovation like for the uh, retrofit side we practically don't see frameless uh unless you know we're, we're not seeing frameless because uh, you're changing the whole house at that point yeah exactly and not a lot of people are going to do that no no we're just kind of I mean, an average job for us is about one day. Okay. So like a 2,500 square foot house with 15 windows or so, we would come in, we'd have a crew of three to four people and finish in one day. Wow. Full from, from you know, taking out the old, installing new, shim, foam, uh, doing either capping on the outside or whatever whatever they choose, right? And, uh, and the inside with trim on the inside. So you guys, okay, let's talk doors. Mm-hmm. So obviously doors clients are a lot more critical now on doors. Right. And then are they getting just as loony, like bigger, swing, um, glass, heavier? You know what? Glass became kind of obsolete in doors. Everyone's going back to solid everybody's panels Everybody's going back to solid panels and sort of having that window and like the glass on the side or whatever. But a lot of people are going back to solid panels. And the whole, I, if, you know, if, if you look homes 10, 15 years from uh, back, Everybody was going for wrought iron, yeah. And everybody's going for stained glass, yeah. and now it's just like plain, sort of your smooth or wood-looking door, and that's it. And a big handle, that's what people are liking. So that modern, again, back to that modern, sleek look. Are the doors getting bigger? I remember. Yeah, now you can get forty-two a, inches, and there's I thought that a was yeah, a big there's door. you can get a forty-two inch door now. Yeah, yeah, it depends. People people always liked. I find that people always liked big doors just because they have a perception that you can bring more stuff in what's the rule yeah. of thumb i mean i know that you get a lot of the holder homes and you got an a, a 96 inch ceiling height which is eight feet mm -hmm. um and a lot of clients will want an eight foot door for whatever well, you can't do that you can't do that yeah, right but they'll just want a bigger door than a standard six foot eight door right? no or they could yeah, but it's, it's impossible because you have the headers built in already yeah so you can't move the headers so if you wanted an eight foot door you needed a minimum ceiling height of nine a feet. minimum right okay and and I mean, unless you want to get into construction, you want to make sure that that door that was there already was eight feet high. Yeah. Because otherwise you have to cut up the wall. you got to move the headers. you got to redo your framing and et cetera, right? And a lot of the uh, places, for example, um, take, you know, some areas in, in, in the city, right? In Toronto or, you know, some prominent areas. It, as soon as you start touching your house, your neighbors will for sure call the city inspector. And tell them that, <laughs> you know, this guy's door was six foot eight and now it's eight feet. You got to do something about it. And yeah, but replacing units, you don't need a, a building. No, permit. but if you're, if you're, miss, if you're moving headers, you yes, do, right? You do at that point. So that's why it's... Uh, 
So what's what's unique about the doors that you guys are making? Um, pretty much. So so the door industry is a little bit different. So we have different kinds of doors. So uh, if we're talking entrance doors, yeah, we don't actually make them ourselves. We have a partner that we work with. Okay. Um, one of the biggest actually in in, in Canada. So and and the slabs are all provided by Novatech. Okay. Uh, just a stamping company that makes slabs for doors, right? And uh, there's tons of choices that you can choose from. And, I mean, the, the, the area of designs and choices is just unbelievable. And you can choose whatever, you know, whatever you like. And what we do is we basically, well, our partner, they, uh, they take the door and then they finish it. So they would paint it in a different color. They'd put it in a nicer frame. They would dress it up. They'd put a lock on, um, you know, a multi-point or a handle or whatever it is. Most people yeah. asking for multi-points these days? It depends. You, you, a lot of people are going for a fiberglass door okay. that's actually eight foot high. And we always suggest that if they don't want it to warp, they put a multi-point on because it holds it in place, right? Because it's, it's such a high door. I just like the extra points of contact, right? Like it just, even if true. it's a standard 80 inch door, I still like the, the points of just, it. Just to have the extra, extra locking system. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's more safe and whatever, but you know, it's, uh, the issue with it is you're, you're limited in the design of the lock because oh, you can't just put any lock on no, it. No, no, you've got to go. you got to go with whatever they have. Yeah, but that's what I like about it is that the whole locking mechanism is it's basically on the together. spine on the door, right? So right. it's like you're right. making it that much stronger. Yeah, that's, that's why I do like it. So, um, but then we also have the European uh, doors that, that, that we make. Um, so the so top, those are bottom and top hinged. Yeah, so they're actually like all around hinged. Yeah. So we have the tilt and turn door, which is sort of works like the tilt and turn window, um, which you can open to the inside and then you can tilt also, which is instead of like a sliding door, a garden door, it works great. And those are, again, multi-point, but multi-point all around. So it wouldn't be just in, in on one side. It would be like an all around uh, closing and very safe uh, laminate glass, um, more kind of European yeah. looking and then it's got the retractable screens on it and etc okay. how much is security a factor for clients to choose like i i think it should be a factor i mean it's it's there again it's glass right so if somebody wants to break in they'll break the glass uh, but in terms of you know we had some in instances where people asked for um, laminated glass so it can be broken i mean it still can but it would take you know quite it takes an effort yeah it takes a yeah and a lot effort. of noise Absolutely. Yeah, somebody <laughs> would wake up, but it's not yeah. like you could just, you know, I tried breaking one. It, it's it takes nearly an impossible. Yeah. yeah, I know. Right? So uh, some people are asking, it depends on the area, it depends where they live, depends what their concerns are. You know, it, it could get costly. And so again, are we going back to doors? Are we still people asking the darker black or the wood? Yeah, darker. And darker black handle? Pretty much. Everything like that, huh? Yeah, even the gold handles were a thing and now a thing a little bit. Oh, I didn't see right. any of those. Like, okay. you know how you do it? Everybody does that sort of the black door and then a gold handle on it? No. Oh. No, you haven't seen that? I haven't that? seen yeah, that. I don't know if I would like that. That's a little bit too contrasty. A little bit, yeah. But, yeah. like, people are doing that for their vanities and kitchens and et cetera now. So yeah, on the interior, everyone was just going yeah. a little ballistic with the rose gold for a right. while, right? If you Sa same as happening. I've, I've seen the doors, the exterior doors coming out with that. Yeah, quite a few. Um, a lot of, like, fiberglass doors were stained stained right but people are not really putting that wood look anymore 
They're kind of going. Just want the flat panel. They want flat panel, yeah, pretty much, People and a modern like straight design. Really. Sometimes you drive in a neighborhood and like everybody has, you know, people trying to be unique, but then everybody has the same door. <laughs> well, it was it was funny. I think it yeah. was twenty years ago. I was the first one in my neighborhood that got a black garage door. Right, and, and then everybody. And I painted it because they refused to paint it. So mm-hmm. that's before the, the the age of right. having it ready. And now everybody's doing black garage right. doors, right? So yeah. it just comes and goes. I mean, will it go back to the other one? I don't know. You guys also tackle patio doors as well, right? Yeah. So so for patio doors, so I got briefly into the patio doors with the European line. Uh, we also have like a bifolding patio door, which is aluminum actually. Okay. And a stacking patio door, which is um, so the, so the the folding one is is it like accordion style. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's got a retractable screen, so it's really cool. Like if you have you know if you have uh, you basically open up you, the whole opening can open up to the outside. What's the biggest you can go? <sighs> Whatever. Really. Yeah. Even the retractable the screen. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I just got one on my house. I was just built a, a house, a cottage for me. I have one that's 24 feet across, 24 really? feet by 10 foot high. And you have a retractable screen on that too? And a retractable screen. So it comes from three parts, but still. I mean, it What do you mean it comes from three parts? So, so there's three. So the maximum you can do a uh, retractable screen is 10 feet. Oh, okay. I got it. Right? So it's not really retractable. It's a like accordion style screen too. So like fold like it looks like little folds in it Got when it. you open it, right? But when it's fully closed, yeah, it's, it's just, just screen. open, right? Okay. So I you you put three together, you hook one up to the other to the other, and you got thirty feet across. Which is, it was thirty feet, ten feet tall. Yeah, that's a lot. Twenty four feet. Twenty four feet. That's a lot. Yeah, that's big. A lot, right? And then you open up the whole thing, and you're like, just your whole patio is right there. So the other ones, though, but so how big can you make a regular standard sliding door? So s- standard sliding doors are, you can go from five feet to. What's the max there? You can do 16 feet. Okay. Yeah, 16 would be the max. And you would have the middle two open to the sides. So your middle opening would be approximately eight feet. And so they, nice. they come in, what, they're scissoring? Beside it or no? So so the scissoring that's called a stacking door. Okay, that's a little bit different when they slide into each other. Yeah, but this way, so so basically with sliding doors, they're they're all come standard. They're either five feet or six feet or eight feet. Okay, okay, and then from then on, you make combinations. So if you put two five foot doors, that makes it ten feet, and you can have the middle will open, right? So one will slide to one side and one will slide to the other side, and you'll have. I guess five feet in the middle, right? To walk through. And the same goes for a six foot door. You can have 12 and for an eight foot door, you can have 16. Hey contractors, we've got a home improvement secret that'll make you the talk of the toolbox. It's Canadian choice home improvements, the dad joke approved edition. Why did the contractor go to Canadian choice? Because they nailed it every single time. Whether it's windows, doors, HVAC, air sealing, or insulation, Canadian choice has the build it full solutions you need They'll make your client's window with delight and door you with quality craftsmanship. And here's a bonus. Canadian Choice offers competitive pricing with a price match guarantee and flexible payment options. So don't screw up your next project. Visit MyCanadianChoice.com and tell them you heard the dad joke special. Canadian Choice Home Improvements. Got it. Right. And then the screens would slide from both sides. And again, same thing. Everyone's choosing the darker colors. Yeah, definitely. 
So they're painting. You guys are painting them on. on we we paint sides. it all in house. Yeah, depending. And then yeah. the hardware options. What do you have in? Um, so hardware options that they come with some modern designs. Okay. Yeah, there's not much. I mean, there's only. I think there's three types of handles that you can get, and then just different to- different colors. And they do have come with the multi point locks as well. Oh, they do. Yeah. So it's not it's not a three way multi point. It's a two way multi point, but it's still a multi point. One on so, top and bottom, or one in the uh, center. It's closer to the center. Okay. Closer to the center. Like the Euroline doors are more, that's where you're looking at the whole thing kind of closes and, you know, all around. And it's really, uh, you know, you, you can have a door that's six feet wide, for example, and you slide it with one finger. But yeah, how heavy a, is that door? It's about uh, 400 kilos. So Ooh, almost a thousand pounds. Yeah, almost a thousand pounds. Right? Wow. And you're sliding it like literally with one finger. Just What's pushing the it secret right with that? What is it? Like little. Just the mechanisms. On the bottom there? Yeah, it's really? called a lift and slide. So it, it kind of pops out a bit to the inside. And it sits in these like rails that just make it, it, it you know, glide sort of thing. Are clients a little sticker shock when you start talking yeah, price-wise? But I mean, they got to understand. And that's what sure. I try to explain to them, that do you want to open this up with a finger now and of then course. a finger later? Or do you want a finger now and then a whole hand and, right. and the family moving it later on, right? Absolutely. That's yeah. why. So yeah. you need a proper door. Definitely. And then you need a proper, you know, you probably need a proper installation for that as well. So it's not out of, uh, you know, we have about 30 installation crews in-house. I Just for what, the Toronto area? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I can maybe t- for those doors I can have maybe two two crews install it mm. out of everyone probably out of the whole city there's maybe five people that can install these types of doors so it gets very pricey. That's what obviously. they tackle all the time. That's their go to. That's their go to, and you have to be really specialized. Like you had to kind of because Canada and U.S. is not the market for these types of doors. So this all came from Europe, whatever, Eastern Europe, Western Europe, wherever it is, and that's where they went through all their training and stuff like that. So that's. Uh, you have to get guys that came from there and actually got certified, and it takes takes a long time. And I mean, the installation processes. Sometimes you need a crane just to lift each part of the door over. Yeah, because they're huge. Right? They're huge. Yeah. So talking about the installation process, because these guys are coming in, walk us through that whole procedure when they're coming into. So when windows have arrived on site, everything's fine and ready to go. Homeowners let you in, and now you right. get started. So I mean, we we uh, we walk in. We always make sure that uh, put all the you know. Tarp, tarps down and uh, kind of protect the house, right? That's the number one thing mm-hmm. is protect the house. Lots of people have nice stuff. Um, we tell the homeowners ahead of time if there's something that you think may get damaged or you think may happen, you know, please remove that from the house. Please give us access. We need uh, at least a good, you know, four or five feet around the windows to work, Yeah. right? On the inside and then on the outside, let's say we have, uh, we have, um, they have bushes or some expensive flowers or whatever it is, right? So we have to make arrangements for that ahead of time. And usually what happens is after the job has been sold or they've bought for us, what we do is we send a, um, a measure technician out. And he comes out on board and assesses the whole situation. So everything. So from, you know, access to the house, access to the driveway. Smart. Uh, kind of going up and seeing what's going to happen. Taking actual measurement sizes. Because they have to be exact, right? We got to be ex- within half inch. And sometimes, you know. You mean the opening there? The opening, yeah. Yeah. So you, you're giving yourself a quarter around the perimeter. Right. Got it. And, uh, you know, sometimes you don't know because what happens is the house is very old. Something's been done. 
double framed, whatever it is, you get on site, we start, you know, the measuring guy came out, he saw it, he measured it, you get there, you start taking it apart, completely wrong. Right, then you, don't, you know. It's a house. Yeah, it's Especially a house. the older homes. Right, right. It happens actually more often than we, we you know, um, more often than we would like, but it's just the nature of homes, is, uh, especially the older ones, is like that, right? Um, so when the installation happens, you know, the, install, the installers arrive, they, before they remove a window, they actually measure it to make sure we got the right window, <laughs> the, 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 right, uh, <laughs> the right window there to install and uh, basically cover everything up and start working. So first they remove the old, prepare the opening, right, completely. So they, you know, they get rid of all the uh, whatever is there, make sure it's square and plump, put the new windows in, shim it, put foam, um, finish it on the outside, finish it on the inside. After that's all done, they, uh, you know, show the homeowner, this is what it is, right? And we get it ready for paint. So if it's if it's actually wood on the inside, so we get it ready for painting. Okay. The, right? ja the jam extension. The jam extensions, the casing, whatever the casing, it is. Because okay. we do the casing as well in most of the time, right? Um, it's per house, right? So it depends yeah. on the situation. Depends on the situation. Yeah, if it's an old enough house, then you might not be able to... Right. Correct. Yeah. So, and yeah, sometimes, so there's three, like three different types of installations, right? W like r when we do retrofit, we don't touch the casing. We just take out the old sash. We put the new window in, yep. finish it from the inside and just uh, put like quarter round in the, uh, um, I mean, finish it from the outside and put quarter round from the inside. Yeah. Um, when it's sort of like the, you know, the cookie cutter homes, we do what's called a stud to stud or whatever is known a brick to brick installation. Yeah. And uh, that this way we rip out everything that's like we go right to the studs, and that's when the new jams come in and the new window comes in and the new casing comes in. And you know that's uh, probably the most popular way to to go. What's right? the thir third is brand new. Third is uh, brand new or what we do because we have a four and a half inch window, we don't need to finish it from the outside a lot of times, especially in the newer homes which is because our window now sits close to the brick, it only requires caulking. So when we pull it out, we, we measure the window bigger. So we, it kind of gives us the benefit of, uh, th that's another benefit of the four and a half inch window. Yeah, it makes we it can look make it more bigger. custom, right? Right. And it fits perfectly for that opening. Exactly. And you don't have to have a brick mold on the outside to, to make a mold, which is from the outside, it gives a visual that it looks, that it's a bigger glass. Are you getting a lot of clients asking you about just the recyclable, the eco, the, the energy efficiency? The energy, energy efficiency is the most. For sure. But I mean, how do you quantify all that? How do you, I mean, if you've got, to, I guess you have to first assess the house before you take out the old units. Right. And then assess the house again after you put in the new units. Right. So what a lot of, because of all these rebates that are around right now, um, and, and we arrange all this from A to Z, we work with uh, like aud auditors go in and they do uh what's called a blower test yeah i'm sure you've heard of it yeah. right so they do a blower test and and the blower test just so shows them everything and then when we come back we say okay so you need this replaced i mean 75 percent of the time they recommend windows need to be replaced right as, a, as like as a prime recommendation yeah and then the rest is uh you know it's kind of like it's on the homeowner to to get it replaced so so 
then after we replace it, they come back and they do the test again, see if there's any air leaks or anything like that. Just that this way we see the difference. So budget-wise, I'm just curious on what you want to share. And it's hard to say because we don't know the size sure. of the house, how many units there are. But I mean, I have an idea of what you should be paying. And if you start paying half of that amount, then you're obviously getting bad window units and bad workmanship. Right. So you should, like my friend there, like he he paid ridiculous. Right. The word. Like it was next to nothing. And it just made no sense. And sure enough, they failed. So... I mean, budget-wise, what should homeowners be thinking about when they're looking at changing all their units in a house? If it's an average house, let's say these days, whatever, 2,000-square-foot house. I would say an average, I'd probably go per panel of the windows. So probably about $1,000. On average, Per, per right? window. And then you've got something that's slightly lower and something that's slightly higher, exactly. right? From that point. Right. And that's include that's just unit or that's also including the install? Well, including the install. And that's like sort of taking into consideration that it's going to be painted and it's going to be... Uh, you know, it's going to be like a triple gloss, painted, finished, and everything. So about about that, about thousand dollars per per kind of panel, right? And then warranties. Yeah, so we have a twenty five year warranty and everything. Labor, on all of them. All of them. And the and the install as well too. Install as well. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the install never fails. Yeah. Just because it's uh, we know how. I mean, we've been doing it for so long, so we know how to do it, right? Um, what can fill or you know the glass units uh and that's you know that's obvious right so we service them i mean there's all the manufacturer all, all the glass unit providers give us a great warranty that we can back on so it's not even on the homeowner itself it's not even on us it, it actually goes back to them so we demand warranty from them and we have the power to kind of demand that the warranty gets done the warranty product oh okay and um a lot, a lot of the smaller guys Smaller manufacturers, they're they don't order enough volume, or they don't do enough volume. So what happens is, the warranty doesn't. You know, the let, let's say a glass unit fails, they go back to the manufacturer, and the manufacturer says, "Sorry, you know, too bad." But you guys don't do that. We don't just because we have power over certain manufacturers yeah. of, of these glass units, right? And that warranty is also applicable to all the hardware and everything? Everything, So yeah. doorknobs, hinges? Whatever. Well, not doorknobs because they're not ours, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. so... so but cranking mechanisms. Yeah, cranking mechanisms. And doors, tilt and, right. tor tilt and turn. Everything. All that stuff, right? That's what I figured. And then yeah. is there is there a situation sometimes that you guess, I guess you come across that you'll have to repair? Some... Sometimes, yeah. I mean, whether it's not, it could, have, it, could, uh, it could have been siblings that were fighting and one sure. big sibling threw one sibling through the door yeah, or something yeah, like that and there was a dent or something like that, whatever. It could be a repair that way, right? It, it happens, yeah. Yeah. With doors, it's a little bit different, actually. Doors doors are, um, there's a different warranty on doors just because it's a, it's a different use product because there's a lot of openings. So doors actually don't last 25 years. What's the warranty on average? Them? I think doors, it, it's 10 years. Right, and uh, doors don't last as long as windows do, just because people You're constantly, open. constantly opening it, constantly stepping on the threshold, constantly yeah. banging on it, constantly. And actually, ten years is pretty, you know, that's <laughs> that's a lot, right? Just the abuse that it gets. But now, that, I, I want to go back to Mother Nature, right? Yeah. So it's like driving rain. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you guys? What are the some of the details that you guys have in your units that helps out with uh, preventing Mother Nature from entering? Oh, the from home? from rain. So. Casement, and, and again, that goes back to the whole casement sliding, uh, double-hung windows, right? So casement windows are 100% foolproof against rain. You're never going to get rain with casement windows. 
Um, just the way it's designed, it's all closed, it's all hermetically closed, it's, there's weather stripping everywhere. Now, when you get into sliding windows, the way they're, manuf- they're designed is to slide. And when the sashes slide, obviously there's some kind of air penetration. Yeah. Right? So they're designed that when the water falls where the sashes are, they're drainage ports. And through these drainage ports, it goes to the outside. Now, in some instances, if somebody doesn't have a soffit, if somebody doesn't have, uh, if the rain, just the angle of the rain, it, and, and that's not just our windows, that's just an uh, you know um, yeah. industry kind of thing, that on sliding windows, you the, the water doesn't have enough time to drain. Right? And then also some homeowners, they forget, to wash their windows sometimes from the outside. Yeah, and you'll get some buildup of grime and stuff. Right. Yeah. And the water can't drain either, right? So it collects on the inside sometimes. And then when the freezing temperatures come, freezes up. It's right. It's See, that's what you up. do when you open up your windows in between seasons. Absolutely. You start realizing that there's a little bit of dirt on them. So guess what? Surprise, surprise. You clean them now, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely, and there's lots of education that we have to do. Right? Yeah, and then that, that's that's an, that's key. I don't I don't want homeowners that think or anybody to think that all of a sudden here's the product, it's in, it's done. We'll walk right. away, see that it's gone. No, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Like there's still maintenance attached to that. Absolutely, there's it definitely is. Yeah. I know the install. I don't know the name of it, but installers they don't use the typical go-to glass cleaner. They use a different kind of glass cleaner. Do you remember what that is? Um, well, like a foam. It's a foam. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's different type, the different brands, right? But we suggest actually for homeowners, we suggest um, water and vinegar. Oh, you guys are still going back to that, huh? Yeah. Because that still works Best really way. well. Best way. I just I remember seeing some of the glass guys were using the foam thing, and I was they pretty can. impressed with that, right? But then you start seeing the price of the can, and you're like, right. I'm not that exactly. impressed anymore. I'm exactly. Going you're going to gonna wash one window. It's going to cost you <laughs> 10 bucks or whatever. Right? You're going to be like, forget about it. Give me it. the vinegar, yeah. put it on the hot dog, Absolutely. and then I'll put it on the window and clean it up. That's Absolutely. it. Yeah, That's no. non-abrasive, you know, and it, it does the job very well, right? Just a, um, like a squeegee, and that is more than enough. Because they do get, I mean, over seasons, they do get dirty on the inside they and outside, ish. right? Of course. So, and we suggest a squeegee, right? Not not just a mop, just like a shower door or whatever you would use in your shower. It works better that way. It doesn't leave streaks, right? Because with 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 a uh, with um like a uh, what do you call that? With a sponge, yeah, sort of. You you would you would see streaks eventually. Oh, Especially so when you're outside. using a paper towel or whatever, yeah. or or newsprint yeah. or whatever. Especially on the outside, because you get a lot of oils and stuff, right? Yeah. For or whatever, you know, like. Whatever's in the air, you get that, right? So, you you know, if you use a squeegee, it looks a lot cleaner. How educated are homeowners these days? Are they confused by yeah, social media noise and Google noise? Oh, definitely. They try to do a search, replacing windows. And then, so you, but that's you guys having to come in and now, right. uh, not necessarily, like, just kind of explaining the options that are on the table here. Absolutely. So, it's all about education. I mean, it's a lot of it is... Uh, you know, and we, we train a lot of our sales guys. Well, all of our sales guys, they go through a like, tedious process um, that you have to educate us to, you know, forget about the price. Just put, I mean, obviously not forget about the price, but put it aside for a second. Explain what the people would actually need. Make sure they listen to you. Because a, a lot of these things happen when, you know, when it's not communicated the proper way. And if it's not communicated the proper way, there there's a lot of uh, misconceptions, especially with, you know, Facebook and whatever. And you're seeing all these ads and all these, you know, all these people pop up from 
different angles and talk about stuff that just is a you know doesn't doesn't look like it, it, it it's not a it doesn't look like it's something not true it looks actually pretty true because you saw it on facebook right yeah. but then in reality it's not it's not existing but it's just it's a it's a marketing ploy at that exactly. point right it's a marketing that's, that's all it is right? right and and you know so and especially for just any construction uh, industry and especially in, in when we're talking about volumes um, a lot of there's a lot of marketing involved obviously right and leads are that's what drives the business end of yeah. the day right so how do you this has been my challenge sometimes with clients that you get a couple that wants two different styles mm-hmm. and obviously in every house you have more than one type of unit that you're going to be using depending right. on the the layout of the house or the purpose of the room how do you navigate that conversation with the couples where one wants one style one wants another style and you let them fight it you just fight let them duke it let out. Him, let them fight it over. <laughs> fight over. <laughs> Here are the options on the table, yeah, and you guys decide. But here's your here's your professional opinion on. Okay, this is a bedroom. This is a bathroom. This is a living room. This right. is what we're recommending. Usually, right. it's more on color than style. The style is pretty. With window style is is pretty uh, self explanatory. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really like. I mean, you know, you have a bathroom window. You either want it to slide or you want it to crank. It's not a big deal. It's it's more on the, on the color itself. And it's just actually which made it a lot easier now that everybody wants black because it's, you know, it's black. That's it. Or white or whatever, iron or. I guess your question is like black on the outside and white on the inside. Pretty much. You want black on both sides, right? Right. Right. But in terms of in terms of styles of the windows, it's, uh, you know, house calls for it. If you have a a traditional house in, let's say, or like with siding or whatever, you might, you know, you're going to put... probably hung windows or sliding windows and then it depends on your budget too right so if you have like casement windows are obviously a little more expensive yeah right a little more pricey just because of the mechanisms and the way they are are you seeing a difference across the country on uh, i can only assume that the maritimes versus toronto versus out west they're kind of gearing off towards different styles of units a little bit yeah toronto's got everything yeah, that's just a mixed bag. Yeah, just a mix. But yeah. if you if you look at the at the smaller cities, they're still they're a little bit um, kind of still on the horse and buggy traditional. <laughs> yeah, pretty much more traditional. Yeah. Than so. So they'll go double. Exactly. Right. They'll offer that. They'll they'll be interested in that more right. than they will like a, a tilt and turn kind of unit. Right. But I can so assume that. And like Vancouver, Vancouver's right. all tilt and yeah. turn and large openings, probably. Right. So Vancouver is all about like tilt and turn and those folding doors that I was talking about. Yeah. That's all about all about that because they want you know they want to go outside, right? It's just big, massive. It's yeah. just, I just look at those walls and I look at a lot of steel. Yeah. I'm sure your cottage has a lot of steel in there. There's yeah. not a lot of LVLs. A lot of LVLs. Yeah. Actually, a lot of steel for a cottage, definitely. It's yeah, not it a big a place. It's just yeah. like, but it's got a lot of steel. But the opening there, I could just see right. the engineer just signing off. Yeah, sure, steel. Yeah, you go. Pretty much. Somebody got to carry it up there. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a contractor looking for a reliable partner in home improvements? Look no further than Canadian Choice Home Improvements. Canadian Choice has been the go-to choice for contractors across Canada for over 30 years. With their commitment to quality and customer satisfaction, they're the perfect match for your contracting business. Whether it's windows, doors, HVAC, or installation, Canadian Choice has a wide range of top-notch products that will impress your clients. 
Their expert team will guide you through their selection process and ensure you find the perfect fit for every project. And that's not all. Canadian Choice offers competitive pricing and flexible payment options, making it easier for you to manage your projects without breaking the bank. So if you're a contractor looking for a trusted home improvement partner, contact Canadian Choice Home Improvements today. Visit their website at mycanadianchoice.com, Canadian Choice Home Improvements, where quality and craftsmanship meet contractor satisfaction. Just two colors, eh? Mostly, mostly today is. I mean, some people are still going for the grays. That's kind of sort of coming back, but not on the inside, right? Not on the interior. So you know, what I've actually seen is, is people going for gray on the outside, like a deep gray, like a charcoal, and then black on the inside. Okay. So, you know, and and the matte the matte uh, paint is is really the thing that everybody wants right now. You know, just uh, yeah, I mean, most homeowners are not willing to take a risk, and they want to try to be as safe as possible. Right. Exactly. Uh, so I mean, the worst thing that any homeowner can ask me is my opinion, because I don't live here; it's not my house, right? right? So if you guys are going to throw a for sale sign, then whatever. For sure. Keep it safe. I get it. But as long as you're using good products, that's all I care about. Is what I say. Absolutely. Don't don't use inferior products because of the number and you're trying to save right. or whatever. Use good products so then they'll actually last a long time. Absolutely. That's the most important thing. Right? Simple as that. Design-wise, that can always get changed and, and whatever. Right. As so long as you don't go with anything crazy, you know, it's, it's okay. And even if somebody wants, um, you know, if somebody wants to repaint their windows, you still can do that. How, you can really? Yeah. I just, we, we have so, so <laughs> we actually, you know, Mistakes do happen. So <laughs> actually happened to a friend of mine that bought windows for me and I got him the wrong color because he asked me and, you know, don't do business with friends. Mm-hmm. And I got him the wrong color. So <laughs> um, I had to, I sent somebody out and we painted it right inside. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that you could do that. Could do it. So there's a special vibe. Same paint that we use in shop. It's just, uh, it's the, the work is a little more tedious, right? Because you have to tape everything yeah, all yeah. around and et cetera. You have to make sure that the day, it's not windy on that day and, was he, he happy? Spray. He was probably yeah, really he was, happy. Uh, yeah, he was happy. Yeah, that's it was interesting. Good. But that's that's a special case, or is that we could we could do it? I mean, some we've, we've had people ask. It, it's hard to find. I I probably was asked more times than I could actually do it, because okay. you really need specialists to do it. It's not you know not your average paint guy that can do this. You have yeah, to which brings really me meticulous. up to the, like I'm assuming you guys how many installers you mentioned earlier on the show that uh, I have thirty here in GTA. Yeah, are you always looking for new installers? Always. And what makes a good installer? I think experience. Um, I think organization is the number one thing, and you know I, we, we always want to make sure this person is organized. So when we hammer our our, um, our installations manager. He's been in business for a really long time, and he knows what to look for. You know, he can always tell you like this in a second if the guy is going to be good or not. Right? You just come out, you see his yep. truck. If it's uh, yep. tools are clean, everything is there. If he showed up on time, if he's you know his pants are not dirty or whatever it is, right? The way he speaks to customers and etc. Um, so, you know that's that that's what makes it. And, and then obviously the skill is the skill. So the more the more experience you have, the better skill you're going to get. But because we have processes in place where we make sure that the job is done well, you know, we have inspectors go on site and check them out and et cetera, right? S- um, like our own internal internal uh, inspection teams. Uh, you know, our, our, the, most of them can do great work. It's just a matter of getting organized, showing up on time, you know, um, 
making sure to take their time when they're actually not not to rush and at the end of the day it all you know a guy wants to get he he knows that he's got to stay an extra day he obviously wants to get paid for that extra day yeah and at the end of the day it's uh it's construction construction right that's what it is right i know we talked about the incentives you mentioned that which is great um and it's great that you guys are also just the whole follow-up but maintenance right. and everything like that as well with the clients, right? Yeah. So so what we do is we have actually a dedicated service department. Just uh, We have three service guys in well here just in GTA and then all across we have uh, in, in every, uh, every location we have dedicated service guys and a service team and a call center that anything happens, people call us, we tend to answer. 48 to 72 hours, we do the intake. If it's an emergency, we'll be there within 24. If it's something that needs parts or whatever, we'll, uh, we'll take care of it within 48 to 72 hours generally. I guess an emergency, what, baseball ball? Kind of yeah, went something through or something like, like that? that? Water leakage, whatever happens. Okay, yeah. Most of the water leaks happen from the roof, but it, it we replace something, for example, we replace a window, somebody missed something, the part of the building envelope, something pulled on something else, shingles flew off, water is leaking inside the house when it rains, we'll be there, you know. Got it. Right there, right? There's a lot of, uh, you know, we do a lot of cutouts and et cetera, so that, that could also, like for example, if you had a wall, six-foot wall, and you wanted to make it a, or six-foot opening, you wanted to make it a 12-foot opening, we can do that as well, brick, siding, whatever it is, right? Oh, and, re- I mean, and then a, just redo the whole thing. It's a big a, job. Yeah, right? it's a so, big job, right? And sometimes it's not, you know, things could happen in that, but we make sure to come back, fix it, so everything is uh, done properly. Nice. All right. We're getting close to the end here. You ready for the 12 questions? Sure. 12? There's 12 questions. <laughs> I want to make sure that I've covered everything. Actually, I do have one more question for you. Yeah. Ask you. Um so the corners, I want to get more information about the corners. I know you mentioned earlier that they're welded. Right. What's, uh, so tell me more about the corners and the, the construction of them. So it's just fusion welded. So when we cut the vinyl, we, a, a lot of uh, windows when they're made, there's a lot of waste on the vinyl itself. Yeah. Right. So what happens is we, we fusion weld the corners. We have a machine that's called a four-point welder. Um, and basically we put, you know, four profiles together cut to the size of the window it welds everything I, I think i don't remember 300 some i'm not gonna say it i don't no, remember no, no, the exact no. number but no, it's not science class right now. yeah no. but not science class but uh <laughs> it welds it together and then it gets sent to a court because vinyl leaves sort of like a lip yeah right then it gets sent to the corner cleaner and then it cncs that out so it's you get a nice clean window come out of there the machine's actually called the corner cleaner yeah, or is it's it actually a called a four, four point corner cleaner Oh, really? Yeah? yeah. Corner cleaner. Yeah. I didn't know that. CNC corner cleaner. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You get a lot of clients that are, um, you get neighbors, like you mentioned earlier, that some neighbors will complain about certain units being installed and they're asking whether or not. And this, yeah. this happens in neighbor, every happens neighborhood, every, right? everywhere, right? But I guess the other thing is that clients have to be conscious of the neighborhood. Of course. You can't be going in and all of a sudden putting in pink windows just because you feel like you want right. pink windows, right? Like you got to be a little conscious of the neighborhood. Some right? people still do it. They still do it. I know. <laughs> I still see green shingle but roofs. Yeah. Like I just don't get it, but I still right. see certain things. And, and I guess you get away with it more often in Toronto. 
because people have their own I guess. style. Right. Right. <laughs> but when people can, especially in Toronto, when people can, can like the neighbors are very protective of their neighborhood. Yeah. So true. when stuff does get changed inside the house or like the sizes of windows or whatever, mo- mostly, right, in our case anyway, that's when people start to kind of, that's when, you know, so people's homeowners start to get in trouble. So now we don't do anything without a permit. I mean, the we you know, we make the... Uh, any large open. Any enlargement whatsoever. Yeah, you have to. Right? Because you know that it's coming. Exactly. Exactly. So because, you know, we, we don't want that responsibility and it should be on the homeowner anyway. And we want to know that if we cut the, the brick in this house, that it's not going to fall on us. Right? Yeah, of course. So you guys have in-house people that would take care of that? You're subbing? Sub, we just sub that out. Sub so that out, yes. Right. Well, we have in-house people that actually make the cuts, right? Like we, we a bricklayer and uh, yeah. actually does it. But for engineering, we sub it out. Of course, yeah. So we have an engineer. We just send it to him all the time. It takes usually about to get permits uh, done in the city. It's about four weeks or so, right? Yeah, Roughly, about right. it's about that. It's about right. And, uh, you know, we have a detailed diagram as to what we should do. Because we don't always know. Sometimes, you know, the, the diagrams are different. Sometimes inspector says, or or the city says, you need like, you know, the two by eight, right? And sometimes says you need a two by twelve. Well, and sometimes there's surprises in the wall. And that surprises, you don't know, right? right? There, there exactly. could be certain mechanical running through yeah. the wall where the client wants the extra opening, right? So you got to factor, and you won't know until you open that up. Absolutely, you're submitting a permit for it, then you got to figure that out, right? Right. So there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of on the homeowner. I mean, we help out as much as we can. Yeah, but there's uh, still a lot on the homeowner if they're planning to do major renovations, you know, major stuff like this, like moving stuff and etc. Awesome, Simon. Yeah. All right, yeah. ready for the twelve questions? Sure. What is your favorite construction word? Favorite construction word? Word. Um, I'm guessing level. Good (laughs) word. Good word. What is your least favorite construction word? Opposite of level. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you're going to go with? (laughs) Sure. Go with that. There's no right or wrong. What turns you on in construction? The finished product. What turns you off in construction? The, the I guess the mess. Yep. What's your favorite curse word? You don't have to swear. Maybe unless you want to. You know, the usual nothing. Nothing great. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Favorite vehicle? Anything in the world. We've had people say space shuttle too. Uh-huh. This could be anything. Porsche, Porsche, like a nine eleven. All right. What's your least favorite vehicle? Least favorite, like a minivan. <laughs> like caravan. Yeah, like one of those. Beige beige or something yeah. like that, or no, the burgundy caravan. Uh, burgundy. What construction sound or noise do you love? So I love the drill. Impact or Joe Driver. No, the impact. Yeah, the impact, you're right. Yeah. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you hate? Saw. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Oh, retiree. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good profession. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Uh... 
Probably accounting. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Welcome home. That's all he needs <laughs> to say. Simon, thank you very much, man. Thank really you. appreciate you being on the show and enlightening us with so much information, man. I appreciate having you. Canadian Choice, Windows and Doors, Vice President, uh, www.windowscanada.com, Simon at windowscanada.com, and find them on social media, Canada, sorry, Canadian underscore choice. And that's it. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, thanks for having Simon. me. All right, Angelina, we're out of here.